I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class. I've never even put anything in a quilt show. But I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter. Welcome to episode 23, in which we get creative again. Today I'm going to share with you what everyone in both the first Creativity Challenge last May and the Summer Creativity Challenge that we just finished said about their work. Uh, This whole episode, you're going to get some really fun and interesting sneak peeks into some very creative people's minds. I'm also going to be trying something new today, fingers crossed that it works. I couldn't imagine trying to do an episode that relied so heavily on pictures of quilts without actually showing you the pictures of those quilts as we go. So I'm going to be trying to take a shot at making this a vidcast or a video podcast. If you are watching the video version, then you're going to get to see the pictures of the quilts while I'm talking about them, while I'm talking about the creators, uh, the quilters' creative process, and etc. However, knowing that not everyone has the ability to watch video podcasts or vidcast, I'm also going to po- post this as an audio-only version. And then I'll post the pictures to my Flickr group, so you can check them out at your leisure later on. Um, now, that being said, the soundtrack identical between the two. It's simply I'm going to take this audio and overlay it with photos for the video. So if you think you can get the video version, and if the video version did actually work and get posted, um, then stop listening right now and go to the video version. There's no point in you listening to it twice, unless you really want to hear my voice for that long that many times. Um, Then go for it. Have a fun. Uh, The other thing is I know how to do the video cast from a production standpoint. What I'm not entirely clear on at the moment is how I'm going to post two identical podcasts at the same time without confusing the heck out of iTunes. So I'm going to have to give them slightly different titles or something like that. Um, So be patient. It should be obvious to you once they're uploaded, and I will make sure that in the description, etc., it's all pretty clear. So here's hoping, while I'm just starting out and recording this, that everything works. Uh, Before we get started... I want to take just a moment or two to send a shout out to my listeners. Woohoo! Listeners! As I've said before, I'm always rather surprised, a little amazed, but I always enjoy the fact that I have listeners. And I really do also appreciate everybody who leaves comments and sends me emails, etc., because I do want this to be a conversation, and I enjoy the fact that it is a conversation. So thank you so much for talking back to me. So thanks to everyone who's left comments on my various blogs, show notes, Flickr group, and other social networking goodness sites. Uh, I want to keep this episode focused on the Creativity Challenge uh, responses, so this time I'm not actually going to be going through listener comments like normal. Actually, the whole podcast is basically listener comments. So, you know, I am and I'm not. Uh, But since I only have a little bit to share in the Sandy update world as well, I'm going to just wait until the next episode when hopefully, fingers crossed again, I'll have even more to share. So um, we're just going to get into the podcast today and we'll catch up on other stuff later on. So remember, you can find everything about Quilting for the Rest of Us at my website at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. Links are there to join the Big Tent discussion groups, subscribe to my free newsletter, which, again, fingers crossed, I think I will be getting out this week. Uh, link to our Flickr group, check out my blog, follow me on Twitter, send me an email, etc. Okay, so let's begin. 
First, we're going to go back a little bit in time to the first creativity challenge. Since, although after that one was complete, I did post the pictures, I never, oops, shared what folks had said about their process. I apologize for that. I should know better by now. I've had this job for, I think I'm in my ninth year now. And um, every year I go into the summer thinking, oh, it's summer, I'll have time to get things done. And summer always turns out to be my busiest time for work. So I should just stop assuming I'm going to get anything done in the summer and then whatever I do get done is gravy. Uh, so I apologize to the three of you who did send me such thoughtful responses that I never got posted to the blog and they are going to be shared today. So thank you for your input. If you are watching the video version, what you're looking at now is the original photo that I posted for the first creativity challenge. Um, for the audio folks, I'm going to try to describe it a little bit. It's a photo I took near Niagara-on-the-Lake in Canada, which is, by the way, a beautiful place if you ever get a chance to visit. Um, my husband and I were vacationing there. We go there actually every year uh, for our anniversary. We're coming up on going again. It's in October. Um, beautiful time of year to be there. And we were stopped at a canal. We were driving around that day, had done a little bit of hiking, you know, looking at the leaves, very pretty day. And we, um, on our way back to Niagara-on-the-Lake, there's a canal that you cross and we were stopped because there's a lock right there and this barge was going through. And because it was such a gorgeous sunny day and it takes a while <laughs> for one of those barges to get through those locks, um, we had all, you know, there were like five or six cars. We're way out in the middle of the country so there wasn't a whole lot of traffic, but there were five or six cars and we had all piled out of our cars and we were sitting right on the um, edge of the canal watching this barge as it was coming through. And the, it was really really impressive. In fact, barge may not actually be the right word. I'm not up on my ship lingo. Um, it was a really, really large boat of some sort, water vehicle, and uh, it just towered over us. So I had my camera with me because, again, fall was taking lots of pictures of fall leaves, and I just started snapping a ton of pictures, various angles of the ship, etc., and then as it got closer, um, I noticed what gorgeous colors that the rust and water stains and, um, you know, the kind of algae that grows up on there had left just these beautiful colors on the side of the ship. So I was taking even more pictures kind of close up. And then at one point, an older man wearing this great beat up floppy fedora, I mean, he was a real character, wandered up also to look at the ship. And I just by accident caught the photo with his shadow. Um, it was completely unexpected. I wasn't really lining it up. I just honestly just kind of had my camera aimed and I saw the shadow hit and I thought, well, that's kind of cool and I'm just shooting more. It wasn't until, you know, I got home and uploaded all my photos that I realized this was a great photo. It was my favorite photo of the bunch. Um, the colors, the patterns, and the shadow of the men were just uh, just a beautiful composition. And, you know, part of me wishes I could take credit for it, but it really it was more accidental than anything. But to be honest, pretty much all of my best photos were kind of accidents. I'm better if I just shut my brain off. Anyway, so I challenged um, folks to make something of this this photo. And just so you know, uh, when I do these creativity challenges, I really do keep the rules, the guidelines, if you will, very, very loose because I don't want to stifle creativity. So basically, my, my rules tend to be just create something quilty um, that's based on this photo, but I don't care how it's inspired by the photo. I don't care really what you do or what the end result is. Um, if you're interested, the rules from the Summer Creativity Challenge are still up on my website. 
And if you haven't looked at them yet, I encourage you to go there because it was basically the same guidelines for both creativity challenges. And I don't see changing them if I do them in the future. So that's, you'll get a sense of then of what I'm actually asking for. So the first response to that first photo we're going to look at is from Francis, who is the hostess of the Off Kilter Quilt podcast, which you can get at iTunes. And I do have to make a quick aside here. Francis is trying to make a knitter out of me. And I refuse. <laughs> I just refuse to play along. Not that I don't like knitters. Some of my best friends are knitters, as they say. But, you know, I have enough of a fabric obsession, and I know myself. And I know if I were to take up knitting, I'd suddenly have 500 sets of needles and a whole room full of yarn. And I just don't want to go there. I really want to keep my obsession narrow and focus to quilting. So, so Francis, I'm not going to knit. Okay, back to the uh, creativity challenge. Um, Francis's photo, and again, these were all posted in, um, I think I have them in my profile now, also in Big Tent. Um, I can make sure I get them up to the Flickr group so that you can see them as well. And I did describe them in, um, let me double check, I think it was episode 14 in which we were creative, I think was the name of it. And um, I did talk about the creativity challenge responses there. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time describing the photos of the, the quilts that they responded. So you can always double check it there. And again, if you're watching the video version of this, you are looking at the photo um, of the responses as I'm talking about them. Um, Francis is... Uh, Francis's response um, was a small art quilt style project and um, the photo that she sent me of it actually I, I loved various elements of the project itself but I also really appreciated the fact that she laid it out on what I'm assuming is her gravel driveway or maybe a gravel walk in her yard but the it has the effect of making the border look like you know this gravel and the color of the gravel this kind of nice cool gray really contrasts beautifully with the color of the quilt itself so um, not only is the the quilt itself a really interesting artistic piece but the photo that she sent me then becomes also part of the art in my opinion anyway I thought it was really nice um, so Francis when she on the first creativity challenge I just asked people to send me the pictures I wasn't thinking about the process at that time I then realized later I really wanted to know what the process was so I sent each of the um, respondents to the first creativity challenge an email a little bit later with some questions on it so what I'm going to share with you first is what folks actually said to me when they first emailed me the photos and then the responses to the questions so Frances when she first sent me the picture of her response she said it's approximately 15 by 16 inches and I'm not sure it makes much sense outside of the context of the challenge, but I had fun messing around with it, so thanks for the inspiration. What'll I do with this? I have no idea. Placemat, perhaps. And so, Francis, now that we're a few months after the fact, I have to ask you, did it end up being a placemat? <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, later, Francis responded to the questions I sent in the email as follows. The first question I had asked is, what made you decide to take part in this creativity challenge? And Francis said, I've always wanted to try my hand at making an art quilt, and this challenge gave me an excuse to do so. It was great to have a prompt to respond to, as well as a deadline. And then my second question was, what was your biggest hurdle in this process? And Francis responded, committing to do it. Once I decided I was in, I had a lot of fun looking around for fabric, fat quarters from Joanne's, and sketching out my ideas. But it did take me a while to decide that, yes, I would do it. There were risks involved. 
primarily that in the end I'd feel somehow defeated by the process and then feel badly about devoting time to it. By defeated, I mean that I would fail to be able to translate my ideas into something tangible and pleasing. This has been a problem with me in the visual arts. I can't make happen on paper or canvas what I picture in my head. And also, I had plenty of other projects to work on, so I had to commit to giving up a couple of days' worth of work to do this. My third question to the respondents was, what do you like best about your results? Francis responded, I like the crazy horizontal quilting, and I like the watery effect of the horizontal striping. The photo itself had that sort of effect, I thought, and I wanted to emulate it. My fourth question was, whether through this project or doing other non-traditional type projects, have you learned anything about yourself, your process, your approach to quilting, or your sense of what kind of quilter you are? Francis responded, I learned that when I'm doing this kind of quilting, I may need time and space and material to revise. If I could do this quilt again, I could make it better. Revision is so important to me as a writer, and working on this quilt made me realize it may be important to me as a quilter as well, at least on smaller quilts. Having just shelled out $100 on a fabric order for a new quilt, and that doesn't include the backing of the batting, I'm not sure how many revisions I'd be able to afford to do on larger quilts. I liked how playful I allowed myself to be with this quilt, how process-oriented. It was fun not to take a quilt too seriously and still be pleased with the results. Um, sidebar here from me, from Sandy. Uh, Frances just recently did an episode after, she did this episode well after um, this email had been sent. She did an episode on process versus product, and, and I had that, when I was rereading this uh, material, getting ready for this episode, I was reminded that she had done that, and I thought it was kind of interesting that she had just made that comment in this email about process versus product, and then later addressed that in an episode. So I'd encourage you to go check out that episode. I apologize. I don't know which one it was. And um, Francis, if you want to leave a comment in the show notes to this episode to let people know exactly which episode that was, you talked about that, that would probably be very helpful. Thank you. Okay, so that was Francis's response. The next couple of pictures we're looking at are Virginia's response. Um, the first photo, uh, Virginia went a little bit more traditional in her response to this creativity challenge. Uh, she used a block, and you know, <laughs> you would think I know the names. I'm not good at remembering names of traditional blocks very much. Um, this one has a lot of flying geese. It has a square in the square in the center, and then it's got flying geese radiating out from each corner. Um, I have a vague thought it might be called something like geese in the pond or something like that, but I'm not positive, so don't quote me on that. Um, but anyway, it, it's just, it's got these beautiful luminous colors. I really love the way it almost seems to glow um, from the photo, from the fabrics themselves. So let's hear a little bit more about what Virginia said. When she sent me the pictures, she said, I, re I had received the yellow-orange hand-dyed fabric from a friend, but was never sure what to do with it. It was just a nine-inch square piece. Then saw your creativity challenge picture. I saw in the color on the right side a small area that was more gold tone, and I immediately thought of the fabric. But what other fa colors or fabrics to add just wasn't happening. Then your other podcast on color was posted. So off to my stash, not to pick other colors from the picture, but those that spoke to me. I knew that I must have some gray-blue tones along with some darks. I'm more of a traditional quilter, so picking a block that also spoke to me so took some time. As you can see, I chose mainly batiks, as that's also what the picture seemed to call for. The finished size is 19 inches and is a wall hanging. And by the way, where Virginia refers to... Um, 
me posting another episode on color. I, d- I did uh, way back. <laughs> it was a while ago I did an episode on color and an episode on value. And I'm sorry, I did not look up uh, what episode numbers they were. Um, I know that they were before episode 14. So look through episodes 1 through 14, 13 uh, to find those episodes. And then in response to my questions that, as I mentioned earlier, I had emailed out after the fact, Virginia said... Question number one, which was what made you decide to take part. Uh, Virginia said, I've never participated in a challenge before and I wanted to try something different. Second question, what was your biggest hurdle? Virginia said, the decision process. What style block, colors to choose, technique to use, yet staying with something that I would want to keep. Third question, what do you like best about your results? Uh, She said, I love the colors that I finally chose to use. I've had the batiks for quite some time. Fat quarters purchased on a whim, but out of my normal color range. Question number four was, have you learned anything about yourself? Virginia said, I've realized that I can design. Although it's traditional, I'm proud of the results. I've also realized that I'm not an art quilter. After looking at my small wall hanging for the past two days, I now want to try and make it a thrill. The fun continues. Um, my own comment here is, I guess this is one of those things where I think that we have built too strong a boundary between traditional quilting and art quilting. Um, in my opinion, what, what Virginia did sort of blurs those boundaries a little bit, you know, it's, um, I don't know. I, I look at it equally as art and traditional. Um, just because it's an actual block that we recognize doesn't necessarily mean that art's not involved. <laughs> so that's just my own little soapbox that I will climb back down off of now. Uh, so next, we have Lynn's response to the creativity challenge. Um, Lynn initially told me, it was a fun challenge and perfect inspiration for the exercise my art group did last month. Lynn also posted hers on her blog, and she talked about her process there. So if you're interested in reading her blog about it, check her out, and I'll make sure I post the link in the show notes of this episode. I'm not going to just read her blog to you now, because I want you to go visit her blog. It's a good one to follow. Um, But I will now share with you how she responded to my questions. Uh, Lynn's response was a little bit more, you know, what we would probably traditionally consider an art quilt, to to blur those boundaries again with the way I'm using the words. Um, And she also, you know, was inspired by the colors. You can see the colors. You can see the um, shadow elements coming out. You can see the uh, lines of the ship coming out um, in her response. And again, you know, if you're watching the video version, you're seeing it on your screen. Uh, If you're not watching the video version, you can go to the Flickr group and I will post all these photos back up there. Um, Or you can check out my blog and it's... Oh, way back. You'd have to go back to June to see the photos pictured uh, posted there. Um, anyway, back to here's how Lynn then responded to my questions. Uh, my first question again: uh, Why did you? What made you think decide to participate in the challenge? And she said, "I liked the picture. Specifically, the lines of the picture were interesting. My art group had an upcoming free piecing project, and I thought the photo would be good inspiration for that exercise." My second question was, what was the the hurdle? And she responded, Lynn responded, my biggest hurdle was deciding how to quilt it. My third question, what do you like best about your results? Lynn responded, my eight-year-old son realized that the quilt I made was inspired by the photograph without my saying anything about it. The photograph was laying next to my sewing machine and the quilt was up on the design wall. He just looked at them both and said, hey, that quilt looks kind of like this picture. That was exactly what I was going for with the project, and I know that he made an honest observation without any prompting from me, so I think I was successful. 
And my last question, have you learned anything about yourself through this? Uh, Lynn responded, I have recently decided, learned, accepted, that I can be an art quilter and a traditional quilter at the same time. I do not need to pigeon my, pigeonhole myself into a single category. I like to make just regular, from a pattern, traditional quilts, and I like to make smaller artsy type projects. I just make what I feel like making when I feel like making it, and try not to worry about what other people will think of my work. So thank you to the first of uh, three of you for participating in my very first ever inaugural creativity challenge. Um, it was a lot of fun for me to see that um, response. And for that first creativity challenge, I did also um, create my own response. And if you're watching the video, you're now looking at what my response to the creativity challenge was. I did um, what might be considered a little more literal interpretation, I guess. I did. I used photo printing. And um, the main part of the art quilt piece, I guess I would call it art quilt, um, did include the photo printed on um, treated fabric. I, actually, I think the main part is was just um, printer fabric that I had bought. And I don't remember which brand name it was. I probably talked about that, I'm sure, um, in episode 14. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time, again, talking about my process or anything here because there was already an episode devoted to that. But just to describe it for those who are in the audio-only version, um, I did print the photo on fabric, and I actually did it three different times. The, the main photo that was used was um, the full photo printed on a store-bought um, commercial printer fabric, or fabric, print, yeah, printer fabric. Um, and then I also printed it on Luchador, treated uh, once with uh, gesso and once with something else. And each one had a slightly different effect. And because I messed up, they came out different sizes. Uh, so I decided to work with my mistakes. And I ended up um, repeating the shadow through the, the, um, through the pr product itself. And then I also did a little bit with couching some threads and using some other pieces and doing some stuff with um, how I actually sewed the uh, printed fabric onto the background fabric and worked with textures, etc. So um, it was a fun piece for me to play with. And um, it was a good exercise for me as well, because I knew that when I was looking at that photo, I really wanted to play with the colors, lines and repetitions. So um, I, I do feel I achieved that. Now, um, whether or not this is something I really want to see publicly visible, I can't really say that as much. I, I do now have it hung on the wall in my bedroom. I just hung it up a couple of weeks ago. Um, admittedly, it's very low and it's right behind the lamp on my nightstand. So really, I'm the only one who can see it, but it is on a wall. So <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a, um, probably a stretch for me. So, you know, really, I did have the greatest time with the first creativity challenge. And because of that, I decided to issue a second one. Only this time I gave people more time. The first time, I think I only gave you all about a month to finish it. I think I issued the challenge in May and the, the uh, deadline was in early June. Um, but the second one, I issued it shortly after. Either it was at the end of that same episode, episode 14, or maybe I waited until episode 15 to issue it. But I issued the challenge in June, and everybody had until Labor Day to complete it. Um, there were a few folks who had indicated to me early on that they wanted to complete it. Um, I did get three responses. Uh, the other folks have all been in touch with me to let me know they're actually still working on it. And um, I do need to say, so am I. As I mentioned in an earlier episode, I am one of those people to whom life happened, capital L, capital H, and I wasn't able to complete my own challenge. 
um, but that quilt design is still in my EQ files. I did buy fabric specifically for it, so I plan to get back to it someday. Um, if you're watching the video version, I'm now showing you the photo that I posted for the Summer Creativity Challenge. If you're not watching the video, you're seeing a really close-up shot of a gorilla. I absolutely love this photo. Again, um, this one I did work a little more on composition while I was actually taking it, but I'm still kind of surprised it came out as well as it did because I was taking the picture through the plexiglass at Disney World's Animal Kingdom um, and managed to get a section of the plexiglass, first of all, that wasn't particularly dirty, which is always hard to do when you're in a zoo-like setting, um, and there was no glare or anything, so I got a really nice uh, close-up of his face. And I just love looking at his eyes and his facial expression and trying to imagine what he's thinking. Um, and I couldn't wait to see what everybody did with him. And, and part of what I really enjoyed about the responses to this photo was how different everybody interpreted what he was thinking. I had, you know, people said, oh, I looked at this gorilla and just thought he looked like he was, you know, X. And they were wildly divergent <laughs> opinions. And that's just so cool. I love that because we all just, we see what we see, you know, for whatever reason. And that was pretty neat. Now, for my own response, I plan to do something inspired by the colors. And that's, as I looked at this, I thought about doing something with textures. I thought about doing something a little more representative, representative again, or representational, um, using photos on fabric, because I'm really kind of playing around with that a lot lately. But ultimately, I decided, you know, I've never done a quilt that combines blacks and browns, and I'm really intrigued by that idea. So I decided to use this photo as my inspiration from a color perspective. And so I did... I spent some time looking for just the right batiks and I've got the stack um, sitting over on my shelf um, sort of mocking me at the moment because I haven't even pulled them out since I bought them and as I said a design on EQ is just waiting for me to get to it now I did pull up that design again last night and look at it again to refresh my memory um, but unfortunately other projects need to get done first so that's a little ways down the line uh, meanwhile here's what other people have done with it and by the way, this time I was on top of things now that this was my second creativity challenge and I had learned from the first time. I had um, asked people to send me their process thoughts with their photos so I didn't have to go back to people with a list of questions. So this time I can share you everybody's response right at the outset. First, Jackie B. Now, if you are in the video version, you are looking um, at Jackie's response and when you first look at it, it may not look anything like a gorilla to you <laughs> and there's a reason for that uh, for those of you who are um, on the audio version only what what uh, Jackie's response is is they are squares that are um, sashed together with a, a single fabric that's all the sashing and um, they are pastel colors and there's a lot of texture stuff going on so let's talk about Jackie's response um, I just discovered podcasts two weeks ago, yay Jackie, and started listening to yours on vacation. When I had an opportunity, I looked up the information for the creativity challenge as I was intrigued. Once I saw the picture, I had no intention of attempting a quilt. However, on the way home last week, my mind kicked into virtual quilting, as you call it, and a quilt was born. What struck me about the picture was the contrast between the furry face, smooth, shiny eyes, and wrinkles. The baby quilt entered has six blocks, each with a different texture. I figured it's perfect for my new granddaughter to play on and discover the different textures. Okay, and I have to say, 
<laughs> when I saw the photo of that, I, my first thought was, oh, I wish I could touch it. You know, it just, it looks like it's got so much going on. It's got shiny. It's got some um, quilting on it to give it sort of a ripple effect in other places. It's got what looks a little bit more fuzzy. Um, it really just looks wonderfully fun to touch and cuddle. So that's one very lucky granddaughter, Jackie. Thank you so much for your submission. Next is Jill's response. Jill sent me a few photos, so those of you watching the video version will be seeing the images change, but they're all the same project. Uh, the first photo is the full piece, and then we get a couple of close-ups. Um, I can't really describe Jill's too much uh, independently of her um, description that she gives herself, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Um, if you are watching the audio version, it's in the center of it is um, a woven grid of a variety of colors, and then it's surrounded by... Um, if if the colors came through true to me and from what Jill described them, it's surrounded by a dark gray border first and then a navy blue sort of a model border on the outside. And then the close-ups she sent show how she did the quilting um, and a little bit of the, the binding as well. And again, you'll be able to see the picture in the Flickr group. So here's what Jill had to say. I know that you have had a summer of unexpected terror with your son's hospitalization. Yes, Jill, that's a good um, description of it. So maybe you have changed the timeline for the Great Gorilla Challenge, but I needed to finish mine so that I could say it is finished. I, uh, I'm i sorry, Jill can, goes on to say it is quite funky. More of the reason for that in a minute. I'm so excited because I think I have created, drumroll, an art quilt. Woohoo! And that's Jill's woohoo that was included in her email. Mainly because it isn't a picture of anything and it's not a traditional block. Finished size is 19 and a half by 21 inches about. Remember, some of it curves more than other parts. Process. I looked at the photo and thought, what the H? <laughs> but I was determined to try it. The first thing that struck me was the texture of the fur, and I wanted to be sure to have that as part of the block. Kept thinking about the ape and his devil-may-care attitude, actually probably just grumpy, but kept making me think of famous or well-known eyes, i.e. Humphrey Bogart, Lucille Ball, etc. So I thought I was going to do something with eyes. Kept thinking about gorillas and native land, and then thought I was headed for a landscape quilt. I was determined to only use fabric on hand, so I started pulling, beginning with the gray-black text, gray textured background and binding, which is, by the way, what's in photo two. I have no idea why or where I got the fabric, but it was perfect for the texture of the fur. I started thinking about the beauty and textures of Africa, rivers, mountains, tree bark, dry sand, different animals, native art, etc. It was all about texture and color, and weaving irregular strips of fabric seemed to be the way to show them. I didn't finish the fabric strips because I wanted them to have some loose threads for the extra texture, so I just rough cut and started weaving together on a piece of Steamaseam 2. Different blues for rivers and oceans, yellow, red, and orange for the hot sun and sunrise and sunset, greens for leaves, vines, and grass, tan for the desert sand, dark spotted brown for animals, black with gold dots for the night sky, red and purple batik for African art and symbols. Once it was woven, I pressed the whole piece onto a background of the gray-black fabric. I quilted with variegated thread, that's the third photo, um, that had all the colors used in the weaving. I was going to add a border stripe from all the fabric I used, so I worked on that, and then she says in all caps, EGAD, why did I ever think that would be good? <laughs> so I stared for a while and came up with the blue surrounding it, just as the ocean surrounds Africa. 
Then I had the bright idea that I wanted to pull the backing around for the binding. Accomplished, then I decided to quilt some more. Oh my. Okay, what she's describing here, um, some of you who are newer quilters may not be aware that this is a technique you can use, or if you're like me and you only ever learn one technique to begin with, maybe that's the one you learn to begin with and you don't realize there's other techniques. But in any case, um, there is a way you can cut the backing bigger and then you fold the backing kind of around on itself to give it a, a finished edge and then you fold it over the front of the quilt so the backing itself becomes the binding and then you stitch it down. Um, I myself have ever never actually tried that technique but I've seen it done um, very successfully. Uh, what Jill is here describing is that she did that same thing. She pulled the backing around for the binding and but um, then she decided after she had it bound, she decided to quilt some more. Um, and now I'm going to proceed on with what Jill said she's learned from the process. What I learned, number one, if you have ever even thought of using the backing pulled forward for binding, cut it plenty big, otherwise wonky. Two, if you have finished binding a quilt, do not decide to do more quilting, otherwise wonky. <laughs> and number three, if you weave unfinished strips of fabric and try to quilt over them without using something on top, stabilizer or tool, the fab foot and needle will be caught many, many times and much more fraying and cursing will occur and it will be wonky. <laughs> and Jill, I just crack up every time I read your description. I love it. And it fits the whole nature of my podcasts so well. Um, and then Jill says, anyway, thanks for the challenge. I really enjoyed working on this and will now see myself as clearly clever and clearly arty. Truthfully, I never would have done this on my own because I'm pretty traditional and don't always understand the art quilts that I see in magazines and shows. This little wall hanging makes me smile when I walk past it with all of its happy colors. I'm looking forward to another challenge from you. So thank you so much uh, to Jill also for entering your response and your truly entertaining description of your process. Finally, the third person who sent me a response also was the winner of our drawing, if you remember, Darla, who does her own podcast, Scientific Quilter, which you can also find on iTunes. Darla's photo um, for those of you who are now watching the video version, yes, you are looking at it on your screen. For those of you who are not, um, it is, uh, you can't tell this from the photo, by the way, even those who are watching the video, um, it's a name tag um, size, so it's a, a very small piece, and it has um, appliqued a flower and a butterfly, and then Darla embroidered her name underneath it. So what Darla said, for the past few weeks, I've been wondering if I can enter this project into your creativity challenge. Here's the story, and it's me, so it's going to be long and keep running on. Read when you have time, says Darla. And Darla, it wasn't that long and it didn't run on. So we're just going to move on. Anyway, <laughs> you can decide if the project fits the creativity challenge or not. But mostly the creativity for this, linking back to your original photo, is more creative towards your challenge than the project itself. In other words, Darla means she sort of very loosely interpreted the creativity challenge, which, you know what, that fits the rule. So I did say, yes, this absolutely fits the creativity challenge, because as I said, you can be inspired however you are inspired by the photo. I'm not going to tell you how you're going to be inspired. Okay, back to what Darla said. What I'm sending you is a name tag that I made for myself for my quilt guild. A lot of people have name tags and there's a drawing for fat quarters every now and then when people wear the name tags. This is the motivation for making the name tag. I started the name tag in January but hadn't gotten much completed besides the pattern and the idea until the summer started. How it links to your gorilla picture. 
Last year, me and DH, and for those of you who don't know, that's internet code for dear husband, were able to go to the Omaha Zoo. While there, we spent time looking at all the exhibits, but the last exhibit was the primate house where I saw some pictures sitting in the exhibit feeding a baby primate. Well, your gorilla picture reminded me of the last stop at the Omaha Zoo and zoos in general. During that trip, our first stop at the zoo was the butterfly exhibit, where there were all kinds of exotic flowers and butterflies free to fly inside an enclosed area. The butterflies are a symbol of freedom and beauty and a symbol of hope, even though they are also inside an enclosed area. It was a really nice exhibit, but one where I couldn't capture it fully because my camera batteries died and they were freshly recharged ones dang during the time I was in the butterfly exhibit. So the rest of the trip at the zoo is more fuzzy in remembrance than I would like it to be. Several weeks ago, me and a friend visited some different beautiful gardens with wonderful flowers and plants, and being there really lifted my spirits when I was a little bit down. One of the exhibits there was a butterfly exhibit, which was so similar to the butterfly exhibit at the Omaha Zoo, and so I got to reflect on last year's trip to the zoo. I also had better camera batteries and was able to take way more pictures this time. Yay! The butterflies made me feel hopeful for the future. In addition, they were sure nice to look at. After going to the local gardens, I started thinking similarly of the two trips, the garden and the zoo, and how at the zoo there were both butterflies and gorillas, and how the butterfly flower picture may be linked to your creativity challenge more than I expected. I started working a lot more on the name tag after this trip to the gardens. In terms of the project itself, some thought process and construction. The colors represent wedding colors, but that wasn't the intent at all. I just like teal and purple. But it was a nice touch because the zoo trip was an extended anniversary trip in which we got to relive time from our honeymoon. A long time ago, I found some black with large flowers and decided that was the background of my applique. I cut two pieces of the black. I found some fusible fleece and stuck it to the front piece so the applique would have some weight to it and thought it would be easier to work with when it had some stabilizer on the back. This is the only middle section of the quilted name tag. There's no batting. I spent one morning this summer prepping the flower and teal applique pieces down and took an afternoon sewing the flower down while watching a new friend sew on her dolls. The flowers from one pattern and the butterfly from another. Because of the zoo trip, I remembered how lovely, beautiful, exotic flowers and bright butterflies look together. I ended up sewing the flower upside down from the original pattern because the flower was supposed to hang down and have a green plant stem on it that bent downward. When I realized I sewed the flower upside down, I decided to just go with it and scrap the green stem part altogether. And if you don't tell anyone, no one one will know it's upside down, but if you do, I don't mind either. Again, this is my sidebar. Um, I like saying things like that because it does remind us, hey, we can all make mistakes, but then we can all make them work and nobody would ever be the wiser. So again, in keeping with the spirit of the podcast, Darla, thank you. Um, Back to Darla's words. The butterfly had originally intended to be blue with black trim, more true to form for actual live butterflies, but I decided to make it more colorful on the edges and so tried to needle turn the edges of the really small pink applique trim down onto the butterfly. This needle turn was a mistake because I was swearing up and down because the stupid edges weren't wouldn't turn under. And having just had my own applique experience, I feel you, Darla. Uh, because the applique was so small, I had tiny, tiny seam allowances in some spaces only a few threads wide. And so that added to my frustration rather than calming it. I finally got the applique down on the edges of the butterfly and noticed how messy it was. You know what solves that? Quilting. But I wasn't going to quilt this, actually, so instead I decided to add embroidery stitches to the edges that didn't look good. I picked two more colors that I was going to carry through the picture. 
and used a chain stitch in the areas that I thought needed the most help because chain stitch is wider than stem stitch. Remembering the struggle with the narrow applique, I decided to satin stitch the body of my butterfly and I chose deep red rather than black to carry through the bright colors. Black would have been okay too, but the antenna wouldn't have showed up against the black background. And since the pattern for the flower originally had lines on the petals for definition, I thought instead of mocking the petal lines, why don't I embroider some stemmies out of the center of the flower? So I took another chain stitch for heft and gave my flower some stamens and inside flower parts. Since this is a name tag, I stem stitched my name on the tag. I decided not to quilt this with thread because it's going to be hanging up, there is no batting, and it's rather small, only 6 by 5 inches, which if you're looking at the picture of it, you'll see that's really pretty amazing, 6 by 5 inches. That's my, I'm sorry, that's my editorial comment, not Darla's. Uh, back to what Darla said, the only thread connecting the front and back is the thread on the binding. The binding is leftover binding from my first quilt project, which happened to fit right in with this name tag project. That was no small feat to complete the binding on this name tag. I've only done binding successfully once. I took Sharon Chambers' videos as a video reminder of how to bind and close the top gap. I pinned and stretched and pressed and removed stitches on the top side and pinned and sewed and re-sewed. The binding closed at the top. There's a little bit of extra bulk where I ended up getting the best job on my binding that I was going to be able to do. Binding is sure easier when you have a project wider than six inches long. By the way, I again relieved this new ax- relived this new axiom when trying to put binding on a potholder late, uh, later last week. Yikes. And so now this is my quilt project for your creativity challenge. And, you know, again, if any of you are questioning, why did I accept this for the creativity challenge? Because, again, I had said from the outset... Um, I don't care how this photo inspires you. I just want it to inspire you, and I'm curious to see how it inspires you. And I believe I had even mentioned in in my initial challenge um, podcast is that you know part of the inspiration is just remembering trips to zoos. That easily could be um, part of it. And so Darla's clearly fits right in with that challenge. Um, and so thank you again for everybody for responding. I really enjoyed it. Um, as always, it's always fun for me to kind of send something out in the world and, and see what people do with it. At the moment, I'm wondering whether to do another creativity challenge right now or to wait for a while. Um, I have posted a poll in Big Tent so that those of you who are part of the Quilting for the Rest of Us group there, please respond to the poll. If you're not part of the Big Tent group, either become part of the Big Tent group or you can always post a comment on the show notes to this episode about whether you'd be interested in me issuing another um creativity challenge i'm going to give myself until the end of this month so actually that's only what about another week and a half away um to decide and that's mostly because i'm out of town again this weekend so um i'm not going to be doing anything immediately uh, but i will decide by um, the end of september and the poll closes by the end of september so weigh in your opinion and by the way if you say you would like me to do another creativity challenge you are not necessarily committing to do it i just need to see um, kind of the general opinion as to whether you'd like to do one right now and i would give you plenty of time on it i know we're coming up to the holidays so maybe the um you know i could do something potentially holiday themed i believe um lady rags may have even suggested that but you know what i was thinking at first so there um but again thank you so much to everybody who played along i loved it loved it loved it and you have inspired me to get back at my own sewing i've got a project sitting on my cutting table that i'm hoping to get to when i'm done posting this episode so thank you so much for that so again 
Remember, you can find the um, show notes to this episode at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com and links to everything else there. Um, and I am going to be posting this, let's see, this is Sunday afternoon, September 19th, if I can get it posted today, which I'd better. Um, I will be trying to post another shorter episode later this week to stay on schedule, but then I'm out of town. So there is the chance I may not actually get another um, episode posted before I have to skip town because I leave early Friday morning. Uh, So if you don't hear from me for a week, that just means I couldn't pull it off before I went out of town, Uh, but I will post again the following week. So meanwhile, until next time, whenever that may be, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Molly. 